The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus. I am said Tyler Simonis. Back over there, he is Josh Finelli, and we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the wonderful Pacific Northwest. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. If you have a question for us or a comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or as always, you can email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Good morning, Mr. Finelli. How goes the battle? Good morning. Always happy to be here. Summertime. Isn't it glorious in Central Oregon? Ben, summer is tough to beat. Except for all the tourists that are here, I I was I was getting my haircut at my barber shop last week, and um, there were some people that had been had walked in and did some walk-ins and and were getting their haircut, and they were from all over the country, the southeast and the in the upper Midwest, and the barbers are being so abundantly nice to them, and I said, you guys need to stop being nice to these people because they're going to think that they they should live here, so. Uh, I think we need to to stop the influx of people well, coming to Bend. Ben's I know hitting those uh, travel and leisure like fifteen, fifteen oh, yeah. town to visit lists and well, all that and, stuff. Now. And you know the deal that the magic hour in the afternoon, in the summertime, when all those people are floating on the river, and they say we should move here. Well, come here in March when it's snowing and see what you think about that. All right. Let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. It continues to be rainbows and butterflies. I don't understand it, but it doesn't matter that I don't understand it. Uh, U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were another 1% higher last week. So uh, continue the March higher. It seems like uninterrupted March higher. It seems to be crazy to me, but uh, we can talk about that some more. International developed markets were mostly unchanged last week. Uh, and the emerging markets were down one and a half percent. So international investments um, had had uh, quite a bit of strength, and that had to do with the U.S. dollar weakening. So when you think about investing overseas, if the dollar weakens, that's good. If you own international investments, as the dollar weakens against their currencies, uh, but last week we saw a rally in the dollar, and so international underperformed. Emerging markets were down one and a half, and international developed. I think China and Europe uh, were, or not China, uh, Japan and, and Europe were essentially unchanged. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks uh, had some outperformance last week. They're up two percent. Um, so we continue, you know, we'll, we'll see small caps are, uh, are living up to their reputation of having more volatility so that when they do well, they generally outperform by quite a bit. But when they don't do well, they generally get whacked pretty hard. And so that that is historically how small caps have traded and they're living up to that uh, right now so far in 2023. Uh, in the bond market, we saw rates not really go anywhere last week. Uh, the aggregate bond index, is, think of the S&P 500 of the bond world, was uh, fractionally higher, mostly unchanged last week. Uh, in the Treasury market, we saw the yield on the six-month Treasury bill at 5.48%. A one-year Treasury is 5.35% yield, and a 10-year is 3.82%. So remember, uh, a couple weeks ago, the 10-year got over 4%, but has since retreated in yield. Uh, and uh, can't seem to get back above that 4% number. We'll see what happens next week uh, after the Fed meets. Uh, gold was fractionally higher, 1962 an ounce, and oil was up another 2.8% last week, $76.55 a barrel. Uh, so Josh and I were talking about this last week. There's this sort of fun, funny phenomenon that exists now uh, in the U.S. economy and the stock market, and it's it, it goes like this. When stock prices and house prices go up, uh, there's the perception that the U.S. economy is good. So most people look at the stock market and look at the housing market as a proxy for what's going on in the U.S. economy. Um, 
And, and you know, historically, that over a long period of time, that can be true. But um, there, is, there is a difference between the U.S. economy and, and the stock market, believe it or not, especially in the shorter term. And so, uh, but right now, the, you know, when stocks are doing well and house prices are, are stable or going up, people think everything is rainbows and butterflies. Uh, and the phenomenon really puts the Federal Reserve in a tough place, right, because um, – you know, they have to look at the economic data. They have to look at the inflation numbers and make interest rate decisions based on that. That, uh, And they also know that when stock prices go higher and house prices go higher, that creates something called the wealth effect. And people tend to spend more when their brokerage account has more money in it and they think their house is worth. Uh, they spend more money and that is in itself inflationary. So this phenomenon that exists in today's world, which the Fed, by the way, created, I should, st- I should say that. They're the ones that... Um, live and die by the wealth effect, uh, it puts them in a tough place. So when you, you look at the economic data last week, it wasn't actually very good. You know, we've had a bunch of good economic data, but when you get looked at the data last week for the month of June, um, it came in sort of worse than expected. Retail sales was lower than expected in the month of June. Housing, housing and building permits, housing starts and building permits uh, for the month of June were lower last week. Um, and the leading economic indicator index was lower. Uh, the one place that continues to remain a stalwart and robust is jobless claims, claims came in real low. And so the labor market continues to just be this juggernaut that nothing seems to bad to happen to it. Which isn't surprising if you're paying attention. I, I, I can't say that that surprises me. No, because we're on the front lines of of, yeah. uh, of the staffing situation. So. Josh and I were talking about this right before the radio show started, and it's a phenomenon that I think um, most people don't think about. But there's something called the neutral rate, right? So where, and that is what, where the Fed, Federal Reserve Fed funds rate is. That is neither restrictive or um, uh, stimulative, right? So there's some place that the Fed funds rate can be. Uh, that isn't restrictive for the U.S. economy, and but also isn't really stimulative. And so, you know, we're here at five and a quarter percent on the Fed funds rate, and the U.S. economy is still chugging along. So, um, what's funny to us, and my, you know, Josh and I probably differ on where we think the neutral rate is by a little bit, but I think, I, th- I think the U.S. economy can still be okay at five and a half or even maybe six percent. Uh, as the neutral rate. What's interesting is that the the hallowed halls of academia would have you believe that it's somewhere between 1% and 2%. Which historically, in the history of the United States, that's never been true. No, it's just that they're sort of divorced from the realities of Main Street, and that's sort of the point of why we talk about what... The economy <laughs> relative to the stock market, and there's just, but policymakers generally don't. I think they're starting to come around to the idea of uh, just the the transition that we're in the midst of, I think that they underestimated the resiliency of the labor market to a large degree. Most of the talking heads on TV had no clue what was happening, as evidenced by their predictions at the onset of uh, last year. But I bring up the neutral rate, and, and it's important because when you talk to the average American, they think interest rates now are abnormally high, when in fact that's not true at all. They're still historically on the lower side of average. Uh, and so most Americans think rates are going to go back down. You know, when you look at the mortgage market, when you look at different, you talk to different Americans, they still believe that rates are going to go back to what they think of as normal, which was very abnormal. And so I think the neutral rate is here to stay, which means I think interest rates are going to be higher for longer. Um, real quick, Josh, we're about 21, 22% through earnings, second quarter earnings season. So far, uh, how does earnings season look? Well, well, we had three big names report this week, Tesla, uh, TSMC, Taiwan Semiconductor, and uh, Netflix, all actually disappointed. Uh, earnings are tracking so far with 90 companies reporting out of the S&P down uh, 8% year on year, so not so great. Uh, surprising a little bit to the upside, but remember, we say this absolutely every year, earnings season, uh, lower the expectations and then jump over the bar. Revenue is trending about 1% down, so, you know, if... This trend continues through the rest of the earnings season, we shall see, but uh, we'd be looking at an actual earnings recession, uh, at least on paper, which would just mean two quarters of negative earnings growth. When stocks go up and earnings decline, that means stocks are getting more expensive. And so it's very interesting to us that you know we have higher interest rates, 
earnings decline, yet stocks are going up, which, you know, it, do, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And so something's got to give at some point. Uh, and then the big news, everybody's on the lookout next week for the Federal Reserve meets the other two day uh, policymaking decision comes out next Wednesday. And uh, so we'll find out if the Fed is going to raise rates yet again. I think they hopefully will. But again, they don't call us and ask us what we think they should do. So that should be interesting. More interesting will be what they have to say about the future. All right, if you want to be part of the show, you have a question for us or a comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about small cap stocks, specifically small cap value stocks. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, like never before during the customer appreciation sale going on now at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. Right now you'll find money-saving deals down every aisle during the Coastal Customer Appreciation Sale. Get a $15 gift card with in-store purchase of men's or women's Georgia work boots. Save $400 on a Rhino Metal Kodiak 57 gun safe. Plus, save on power tools, speed, jeans, and so much more with bonus Coastal Country Club member-only deals. Sign up today and enjoy the rewards. Selection may vary by store gift card valid with next purchase. Sign up to win a Ford F-150 during the Coastal 60th Anniversary Celebration. Sponsored in part by Quadrifire, Danner, Vortex, and DeWalt. Stop by or sign up to win at CoastalCountry.com. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. Serving Central Oregon from Highway 97 in Redmond. About 100 years ago, Bend started up as a lumber town with mostly small wooden homes built to shelter the mill workers. Today, it's a bustling city of startups and established businesses with a tremendous variety of homes built to enjoy the outdoor lifestyle. For more than a half of that century, Duke Warner Realty has been here to help people buy and sell those homes. Family owned and operated since 1967, Duke Warner has a team of brokers who know the community and the market inside out. With many decades of expertise in the Central Oregon area, we're your friends and neighbors who believe that combining old-fashioned hard work with the newest technologies gives you the competitive edge. We'll walk you through the listings, the comps, the offers, the counteroffers, the inspections, the escrow, the close. Closing. We'll even walk you through the walkthrough until finally the celebration. So if you're ready to move now or anytime in the next hundred years, contact Duke Warner Realty because when it comes to real estate, you can't fake experience. Well, I did it. I'm Leslie James, and you've been hearing me talk about my journey to reverse my osteoporosis for a couple of years now with OsteoStrong and Bend. I joined the OsteoStrong program and followed their advice, and according to my latest bone scan, I am osteoporosis free. I am living proof that it is possible with patience and dedication and my membership to OsteoStrong. Try it yourself. Mention you heard OsteoStrong on the radio and save 50% off your first month. Be better. Call OsteoStrong today. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Less money for the exact same thing. Hope this is clear enough. Consumer Cellular, when freedom calls, they're here to answer. Switch today and get a second month of service for free. Go to ConsumerCellular.com slash free month and enter promo code free month. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 5 gigabyte data plan and unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Promotion subject to terms and conditions. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. 
If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your portfolio, your asset allocation, your your estate plan, your your, your uh, financial plan, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. Uh, so to get one of those appointments scheduled, you can do it here in the office or on the phone. Uh, if you have at least $500,000 of investable money, call the office. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can always send us an email, which is what most people do, and we're totally good with that. Uh, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Um, this is a good one. There's two things I want to bring up, and this comes from uh, Bloomberg. Investors can lose money even if they invest in the best fund. So in the decade that ended uh, November 2009, so from, from 1999 to 2009, the best uh, U.S.-based mutual fund was the CGM Focus Fund. I remember that fund. Uh, it, had, it, it returned 18.2% annually over that. So every year, 18.2%. Unbelievably great returns. Um, but sadly, the fund investors lost 11% per year over the same period. And it, the reason is because the fund was unbelievably volatile. I mean, it had gr unbelievable runs and then it had sell-offs and people would get in to the fund after it had the great run-up uh, and then it would sell off and then they'd get out. And so, you know, that's how collectively, and Morningstar has this data, you can look at you can look at the return of a mutual fund, and then you can look at the investor return, average investor in the fund's return. And the more volatile the fund, the bigger the deviation usually between the fund's return and the investor's return. The same thing happened. Uh, Peter Lynch, uh, probably the greatest mutual fund manager of all time, he ran the Magellan Fund and put Fidelity on the map. He ran that fund for 13 years and had a similar return, you know, high teen return annualized over that period. Uh, but the average investor return uh, was something like 2.5%. It was the exact over. same dynamic in the 2000s with the Fairholme Fund and Bruce yeah. Berkowitz, the uh, average investor underperformed by something like 900 basis points annualized. And it's true for stocks too, right? So you know everybody talks about Apple or Amazon and you know if you had bought it at, a, at the IPA or Nike or, or, or Microsoft. But those stocks had drawdowns and a lot, a lot of drawdowns of 80-plus percent. I mean Apple – was maybe 30 days away from being insolvent before Steve Jobs came back and took the business over. And so, you know, it, it seems like it would have been easy to own Apple uh, from the IPO, but most people would have been shaken out of the stock. Uh, and same with Amazon and, and, and so forth. So, and then lastly, I, I also want to bring up that this is true of the market in general, the economy in general, or businesses in general, but stock prices are significantly more volatile than their underlying business fun fundamentals. So if you look at a, a stock's return and you see how volatile the stock price is, that volatility is a measure of what the business is worth at any given time. So you know you take uh, the amount of shares outstanding times the share price, and that gives you the market cap of the business. And so when you look at the volatility of some of these stocks or the stock market in general, the underlying business earnings aren't growing that, that much or declining that much, just the volatility of the, the market or the stock price is a huge magnifier of those business fundamentals. So remember, and that's why the genius of Buffett, he focuses on the fundamentals of the underlying businesses and sees where the generally over time those fundamentals are going and knows that over time the stock price will take care of itself. And so I, I've made the analogy in the past where imagine if D Josh has a very rambunctious dog, uh, it's just the breed that he has, but imagine that Josh had a, he's walking through Drake Park with a 30-foot leash and his dog is running all over the place on the leash, uh, but Josh is just walking in a straight line. Eventually the dog is going to get to the same place Josh is, uh, and, and so Josh is the business fundamentals. The dog is the stock price. Remember that. They get to the same place eventually. <laughs> Markets have this tendency to overshoot and to undershoot to both sides. And the reality is, is the truth is always somewhere in the middle. All right. Let's talk about market timing. And so the, the, the saying goes that the most important factor in investing, successful investing, is time in the market, not trying to time the market. So, Josh, why don't you explain what we mean by the difference between time in the market versus timing the market? Well, everyone wants to know when to invest, but knowing when to invest isn't as near as important as how long you actually stay invested. And when you're trying to navigate the peaks and valleys of market returns, 
Of course, investors naturally want to jump in at the lows and cash out at the highs, but no one can predict when those will occur. And, and since, of course, we'd all like to avoid declines, but the anxiety that keeps investors on the sidelines may save them that pain, but it may ensure they'll miss the gain. And so, you know, historically, each downturn has been followed by an eventual upswing. And although there's no guarantee that that will always happen, trying to avoid risk could itself be risky since it's impossible to know when to get back in. And that's why, you know, when we highlight the dramatic underperformance of investors relative to the funds they actually own, they tend to be willing to go to cash when they're underperforming, which is that underperformance is actually what it takes to outperform. And so they do the complete opposite of what has been definitively proven as the successful course of action. Yeah, you know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. When you look back at uh, market sell-offs and recessions and those kind of things, it seems like it should have been easy to see those, predict those, and make the mark, right market calls. But, it, you know, it's just not, and nobody can do it successfully over time. So if you think about on a go-forward basis, if you're going to make market timing moves, think about how hard that would be, especially in the short term, uh, to get correct. And, and the, the best thing about investing is that doing nothing – is almost always the right thing to do. And so just staying invested, if you own quality investments, is almost always the right thing to do. The rest of your life, doing something matters, right? In school, more effort matters. In sports, more effort matters. But that's not true in investing. Effort doesn't always equate to results. Uh, and, and so that's what's so hard for the human being, uh, our brain to process. In fact, like your, uh, your ability to persevere through negative markets and big drawdowns is precisely what's going to improve your chances statistically. <laughs> of coming out ahead over the long term. Yeah, so if you, if you don't uh, believe us, here's some statistics that sort of outline how hard it is to market time and, and why you really can't do it. And this comes from Putnam Investments. So uh, from uh, 2006 to 2021, so over a 15-year period, if you had invested $10,000 in the S&P 500, uh, over that 15-year period in the S&P, it would have grown by 10.66% annualized per year, or it would have grown to $45,682. Over that 15-year period, if you miss just 10 of the best trading days, just 10 days in a 15-year period, your return goes to 5.05% annualized or $20,000. If you miss the 20 best trading days, your return goes to 1.59%. If you just miss the 30 best trading days in a 15-year period, your return goes to a negative 1.18 per year. So again, timing the market or trying to get in and out based on what you think the market's going to do in the short term is almost impossible. Nobody can do it successfully. Professionals can't do it successfully. The doofuses on CNBC make it seem like they are doing it successfully. But if you looked at their returns, their performance relative to the S&P, they're getting beaten. And they, their response would be like, oh, our market our, our, uh, market risk-adjusted returns are better, blah, blah, blah. It's all BS. So it's time in the market. Letting the power of compounding work in your favor is the key to success. And yes, there will absolutely be scary drawdowns. But as long as you believe in the future of this country and the future of these, the businesses that exist in this country, uh, you will be fine. Betting against America and betting against the engine, the financial engine that is America, the economic engine that is America, has always been a losing bet. And we believe that will be true in the future all right if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter go to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com little box will pop up uh, put your email in, in there in there and that's the only thing we'll send you we send out our e-news in the middle and the end of every month stick around we'll be right back sign up for our e-news today get the latest spots on the market every other week from northwest quadrant wealth management delivered right to your inbox the short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.
The Season of Discovery sales event is on now at Kendall Mazda of Bend. It's no secret. With Mazda, get more luxury and performance with a low payment that leaves more money in your pocket for summer fun. We have new offers and new inventory, including more Mazda CX-5s. See why so many customers are raving about the CX-5 and why shipments always sell fast. Or get a small SUV that's big on features and all-wheel drive capability. Check out a new all-wheel drive 2023 Mazda CX-30 Select now only twenty six eight seventy and get available four point nine percent APR financing. Get in on the incredible summer savings during this season of Discovery Sales Event on now at Kindle Mazda of Bend. Stop by today or start your discovery at KindleMazdaBend.com. Kindle. Let's start something great. VIN number PM five sixty one eight seventy four. Must be current Mazda owner to qualify for all rebates. All financing on approved credit price does not include title registration tax or one hundred and fifty dollars admin fee. Subject to prior sales. See dealer for details. Offer expires seven thirty one twenty three. If it leaks, clogs, drips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. If water doesn't flow where it's supposed to go, it can be a real bummer. Severson will get it done. Your Central Oregon plumber will treat your home like it's ours. That's our duty. We're the guys in the blue booties. If it leaks, pops, drips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. The threat of wildfire poses a growing risk to Oregonians. And recent wildfires have provided some important lessons. You can prepare now by taking three important steps. Step one. Contact your insurance company to make sure you have the right amounts and types of coverage. Step two, create a home inventory by taking photos or videos of your possessions in each room of your home. Step three, gather and make copies of important identifying and financial documents. Store them in the cloud or another secure location. These three actions can help you and your community be more resilient in the face of wildfire. Be wildfire ready by being insurance ready. Visit dfr.oregon.gov slash prepare now to learn how. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. The REMAX Key Properties Balloons Over Bend Festival, presented by Chevrolet of Bend, is July 28th to 30th. The balloons launch each morning just after sunrise at Jewel Elementary. Don't miss the balloons light up at the Night Glow Friday night at COCC. And this year, enjoy live music on the Oregon Music Stage by Doc Ryan Trio and the Major Dudes. Before the Night Glow, bring the kids to the Balloon Blast Kids Run and Obstacle Course. Be part of the REMAX Key Properties Balloons Over Bend. For more info and to get tickets, go to balloonsoverbend.com. Balloons Over Bend is also supported by these sponsors Two Town Cider House, Craft Kitchen and Brewery, 10 Barrel Wine, A Bliss CBD, U.S. Cellular, Washington Trust Bank, Pacific Source Health Plans, Leaf Guard, Republic Services, Ryan Walker State Farm, National Solar, Source Weekly, KTVZ News Channel 21, and Combined Communications. Oh, Stan. Yes, echoey voice in my head. Did you go to Basilite? I didn't fight it. Basilite it. Oh, Stan, you dumb man. Basilite is the place where you'll find a great selection of stone and concrete products, plus a knowledgeable staff to help you pick the perfect sizes, colors, and textures. Need installation help? Basilite has a great list of local contractors. Basilite, high-quality products and exceptional service in Redmond since 1980, and at the right price. listening to financial focus radio show where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at northwest quadrant wealth management remember you can always listen to past shows on itunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com welcome back to financial focus radio thanks for joining us my name is tyler simonis that guy over there he's josh finelli and we are partners at northwest quadrant wealth management here in the great northwest uh so Obviously, we've seen a, a significant increase in interest rates, and because of that, mortgage rates have gone higher. Uh, in December of 2021, 
the 30-year fixed rate mortgage still averaged about 3.1%. So a borrower could get uh, a $700,000 mortgage that required a monthly payment and principal uh, principal payment of just $2,900. So $700,000 in 2021, December of 2021, your your uh, payment of principal and interest was $2,900. Fast forward to last Wednesday, that same $700,000 mortgage uh, taken out at the current average mortgage rate of 6.9% would equal a payment of $4,600 per month, uh, uh, which at, which means you're going to pay 583000 more over 30 years than that mortgage that was 3.1%. And I think hopefully most people understand that. I think most people uh, understand that mortgage rates are higher and it's not there's no sticker shock for people anymore when they go to try to borrow money. Um, but Fortune did an interview with a, um, a mortgage broker, a mortgage guy that had been in the business for 38 years. And uh, he's seeing this weird, this guy's seeing this weird phenomenon. He's in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, and uh, he, he, you know, talks to young people all the time about getting a mortgage. Uh, and he, what's funny is that most of his uh, young people that come in uh, to borrow, let's say, this $700,000 are uh, doing uh, interest only or some version of a adjustable rate mortgage because all of them are saying, well, uh, or they take out a fixed rate and, and that, that they can barely afford or not even afford. Um, and they've, they've, all of these people, he says, have already concluded that these high mortgage payments are short-lived and that they will simply refinance to a lower payment once mortgage rates come down. So there is this common uh, theme out there that most people, I think, believe, I don't know why, that uh, they think that this is a short-term phenomenon. When, But when I bought my first house, my mortgage rate was higher than where they are now, and, and I didn't think that it was a high mortgage rate. And so what we've seen for the last 15, that was the abnormal rate market. That was very abnormal, and most people think that that's normal. And so if you just take five minutes to study interest rate history, you really could come to the conclusion that rates aren't going back there because, as we talked in the first segment, the neutral rate, meaning not restrictive, not stimulative, is probably somewhere where we are now or maybe even a little higher. Um, and so I don't think there's there's no reason for the Federal Reserve to be cutting interest rates anytime soon. Uh, and so, you know, it would take a pretty su- substantial recession maybe for that to happen uh, where rates might back up. But I still think they're over time going to continue to march higher. And so. Um, it, it's weird phenomenon, though, that and, and, you know, the mortgage brokers, you hear them say this all the time and it makes me crazy. Um, marry the house, marry the, the house, state the rate. But it's like, OK, well, what if rates go higher? There's like n- nobody can conceive of the idea that rates being higher from here. That's not something that everybody anybody conceives of. But it's a possibility and it's a real possibility. And so um, I, I like to deal with known known things that are known right now, not possibilities. Those, so, those five-year arms, the clock is ticking. They started a year ago. But people, young people are even buying, you know, saying, oh, I'll just do a 30-year fixed, and I can barely afford it, but I know that rates are going to go lower, so I'll just refi and, and have a lower payment. That's just crazy to me. Okay, let's tackle some email questions. We got an email from Chris. Uh, Chris says, I'm trying to nail down what metrics I should use to evaluate how well my retirement account is being managed. I vetted the company that actively, and he puts actively in quotes, manages my account. I have about one and a half million invested in a 50-50 mix of stocks and bonds, and I pay a 1% management fee. I would like to know if you guys think I'm getting the best bang for my buck. Well, so, Chris, you know, to not see your actual situation in your account, it's hard to know if you are, in fact, getting... Uh, your best bang for your buck. Um, I, I don't know, Chris, also, if your advisor is managing your account, you, you know, the, he or she is picking individual stocks and bonds and that your all-in fee is 1%, or if uh, they're picking some other investments and you have another layer of fees on top of that. So those are the things you need to sort of be asking yourself is your, uh, is your financial advisor charging 1% and then going out and picking uh, actively managed mutual funds or private equity funds or alternative investments, which have another layer of fees. And if that is the case, I would say you shouldn't be doing allowing them to do that. Now, so what I would tell you in our practice um, is we uh, charge people a fee similar to what your advisor charges you, depending, you know, ours varies depending on how much we manage for somebody. Uh, but we go out there and we build a portfolio of exchange traded funds uh, for our clients 
that track indexes that have extremely low fees. Um, and so that's what we think is right for our practice and our clients. Um, and, you know, hopefully our clients believe they're getting the best bang for their buck when markets are up. They do. I think maybe they question it when markets are down. Um, but uh, that, so so I would just tell you, Chris, the one thing that um, I would disagree with in your in your question that your advisor is doing is anything that is active. Like we don't believe in active money management because we know over time um, it's a loser's game. Just the law of averages says that. And it's not it's actually I shouldn't say we believe it. We know it to be true based on the data that is readily readily available to anybody is that active money management over time doesn't beat passive money management, meaning indexing, uh, because of the fees and, and it's really hard to do. <laughs> but I think also, you know, if you're looking to, for an objective benchmark to try to assess, assess performance, just take a look at the aggregate bond index over the specified period of time, and then take a look at the S&P 500 and basically compute the weighted average of the two and look at your portfolio relative to them. Yeah, I mean, and Josh makes a good point there. You know, you need to, Chris, you need to make sure you're comparing your portfolio to the right thing. So, you know, we have clients come in that have a similar portfolio you do, let's say 50-50 or 60-40. But when, they, it, when it's 50-50, it's pretty, it's a lot easier than it would be otherwise. Yeah, I mean, but but the, my point is that they come in and their portfolio is 60% stocks, 40% bonds, and they want to compare their performance against the S&P 500. And it's just not a, a realistic comparison, right? Because you are way underweight your stock exposure. So I guess we'll we'll happily compare your your portfolio against the S&P if the S&P is down 25% and your portfolio is down a lot less, but um, it's just not a realistic comparison. So Chris, as you make your determination of, of uh, how your portfolio is doing, you need to make sure you're being realistic about what you're comparing against. You can't compare it against just the bond market or just the stock market. You have to compare it against a realistic comparison. So uh, we've got an email. This doesn't say who it's from. Oh, MB, it says. Uh, can a trustee remove a beneficiary from a trust? Um, so, uh, I mean, so trustee uh, is the person that controls the trust. Uh, the trustee uh, is also the trust grantor. Usually um, the trust grantor has included a specific provision uh, in the trust document allowing the trustee to add or remove beneficiaries. So in this case, yes, um, uh, you, you do have the ability, if it's a re uh, revocable living trust, uh, if you are the trustee to change uh, the who the beneficiary of a trust would be if you were the one that set it up. Um, so you would have to amend it. You'd have to go to an attorney. Um, if it's an irrevocable trust and you're the trustee of that, it's permanent and you can't make any changes, including to the beneficiaries. So um, it's that's a nuanced question. But uh, generally, if it's a revocable trust, you can. If it's an irrevocable trust, you cannot. Um, all right. Uh, I don't know if I want to tackle this last this last question here. So real quick, one of the things that comes up a lot in our practice uh, is these designations that exist in the financial services world, C P CFP, CHFC, all these different designations that financial advisors have. Uh, are you a fiduciary? Are you not? Um, if you have a CFP, it doesn't mean you're not an idiot and doing bad things with your client's money. So um, people over... Uh, I think think that these designations are, are more important than they really are. Um, you know, we find CFPs that build portfolios that make absolutely no sense. Uh, we also people harp on that fiduciary thing, but remember, Bernie Madoff was a fiduciary. So um, having these designations or being a fiduciary doesn't preclude you from either being a criminal or really bad at being a financial advisor. It just means you got designate designation. And um, you know, I know plenty of people that have JDs or MBAs that are doofuses that have no business. Uh, so doesn't th those designations alone? Who are you uh, talking about? Don't, don't mean anything. Not you, Mr. Mr. Finelli, you just happen to have those two designations. <laughs> uh, all right, if you fancy want to be, letters that don't mean a whole lot. Well, you, they mean you got had to pay a lot of money. Yeah, they definitely. If, do. if you want to be part of the show, call us eight seven seven. Still get to pay six seven zero seven one one seven, or go to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about what are the actual drivers of your portfolio's returns. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988.
It's fishing season, Central Oregon. Guys' season at Finn and Firefly Shop is in full swing, and we're accepting bookings for Lower Deschutes River float trips. If you're new to fly fishing or an experienced angler, you'll enjoy a full day floating the scenic Deschutes River and fishing for feisty redside trout. This is definitely a trip you won't forget. So book online at finandfire.com or swing into the shop and schedule your trips today. As the summer approaches, look no further than Finn and Fire for everything you need for fly fishing. We have complete fly rod packages starting at $198, and you won't find a larger waiter selection anywhere else in Central Oregon. From Sims, Patagonia, Squala, Grundens, and Orvis, we have the waders and boots you're looking for this season to get you into the river. So swing into the shop and talk with our experienced Fin and Fire staff to get the latest fishing reports and have us steer you in the right direction on your next river outing. Fin and Fire, on Highway 97 in Redmond, or shop with us anytime at finandfire.com. Since 1999, Auto Network Group, ANG and Bend, has been delivering on the American promise of driving excitement. Hi, Fred Johnson here. Auto Network Group buyers scour the market selecting only the best of the best. Cars, trucks, SUVs, vans, and top-of-the-line RVs. They have the brands you can trust. Let Auto Network Group match your active Central Oregon lifestyle with the perfect vehicle for things you love to do. The buying experience at ANG is streamlined. Apply online, get pre-approved financing, select your new late model car, truck, SUV, or RV. And in three easy steps, you can be driving something new. They take pride in their 100% positive feedback rating. Go to angben.com to see their big inventory and see what other satisfied customers have to say. Or stop in today at Auto Network Group, just behind Target on Robo Lane and Bend. Auto Network Group, delivering driving excitement. If it leaks, clogs, drips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. Did you know Severson Plumbing has plumbers who live in and service Redmond and Prineville? That means if you have a home or business that needs plumbing help, there is no extra travel fee. For emergencies, plan repairs, and remodeling, Severson is ready in Redmond and Prineville. Voted best plumber in Central Oregon two years running. If it leaks, clogs, drips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. Attorney Joe Cordell. Divorce forces a father to focus on what's most important, his children. You may no longer be a husband, but you'll always be a dad. In the divorce process, this comes down to three key concerns. Physical custody, decision-making, as well as financial support. Each of these is important, and it's important that you choose a lawyer that cares as much about these issues as you do. For matters in Idaho, visit CordellCordell.com, 101 South Capitol Boulevard, Suite 500, Boise, Idaho, 83702. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back. I am part of said team, Tyler Simonis, and that guy over there, he's Josh Finelli. The one and only ladies, Josh Finelli. We're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. I guess men, too. Uh, Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in Bend. And if, uh, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, uh, you can go to our website. That's uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Just send us an email. Say, add me to your e-newsletter list, and we'll get you on that list. You just, uh, you, in the, on the 15th and 30th of every month, we'll get a short five- or six-minute video uh, from us talk or Josh and I are talking about what's going on in the capital markets and most importantly for our clients, how it affects their portfolios. This comes from Bloomberg again in, in the year, August, 2000 fortune magazine published 10 stocks to last the next decade, uh, by December of 2012. So 12 years later, a portfolio containing those 10 stocks had lost 75% of its value. <laughs> and this is Fortune, right? There's some sharp cookies that work at Fortune. Again, another reason that if the so-called experts can't be picking winners, why do you think you are going to be so good at it either? So, it, it, you know, it, it's really, really hard. It doesn't seem like it should be hard, but it is really, really hard to pick stocks successfully. Most stocks have 
awful track records over time. Uh, and then so this sort of reiterates that um, all economists agree that predicting a stock's price is tough, but only 59 percent of Americans agree with that statement. So, you know, most of you out there think that uh, picking winning stocks and, and knowing what the direction of the market is relatively easy to see. Uh, we know that that's not true. Josh and I know uh, doing what we do that, that that it's not true. Um, you know, we had uh, in the middle of June toward the ends of June when the market was down, uh, the S&P was down 20 and the NASDAQ was down almost 30% on a year-to-date basis, worst start to the year in a long, long time. We had a lot of people saying to us that the market was going to go down another 20% by the end of summer. Here we are close to the end of summer and markets have rallied significantly. And our phones are dead. Yeah, and, and those people that the thought that the end of the world was imminent, guess what? They're gone. And, I, you know, it's so hard for us to not call them and say, well, what happened? Now that stocks are up, shouldn't we go to cash? Like, this is when we should go to cash, right? And, you know, it's like, why weren't you calling us last December when the market wasn't at an all-time high and saying, you know, I think markets are going to go down? No, you waited for markets to go down 20%, and then you called. And so don't be one of those people. You cannot time markets. It's time in the markets rather than trying to time the markets, which is how you'll be successful. But you should none of you should be out there picking individual stocks. Uh, if you do it over time, the S&P is going to trounce you. And I know you can say, I'm going to buy Amazon, I'm going to buy Apple, I'm going to buy Google. Those are all unbelievably great businesses. They've created wealth like almost nothing ever has. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're going to beat the S&P 500 over the rest of your investing lifetime. Statistically, the chances of that happening are close to zero. Okay, let's talk about taxable investment accounts. So, you know, this is one of those things that Josh and I take for granted, uh, knowing that these things exist. Uh, but when we talk to them, uh, when we talk about them with uh, prospective clients or clients and, and, and adding money to them or opening them and, and funding them, um, it's as if we're splitting the atom. So, Josh, first, just explain. I know it sounds basic, but explain uh, to everybody what a taxable investment account is, and then we can talk about why we think they're so great. Taxable investment account is just like it sounds. It's just essentially a bank account for stocks, and most people out there listening, you may already have one, and you probably call it or reference it as your brokerage account, and uh, that's just – a place that you know it's not you're not getting tax deferred growth like you would in an IRA and you're not being you're not able to uh, reduce your taxable income via uh, contributions it's just a place where you are parking money and you can own the exact same investments in a taxable account uh, that you buy in your retirement accounts yeah so I mean the advantage is so so the wealthiest people in the world uh, this is where most of their money is. So they either have it in the trust, but if you think about, you know, Jeff Bezos or or, or uh, Bill Gates or all these kids, they own most of their shares in the company in a taxable form. It's not in a tax deferred form because there are no contribution limits. You can put a hundred billion dollars in a taxable account, uh, which it, is its greatest advantage. Is the extreme flexibility that you're offered, and uh, it's. You know, that money is liquid in two days if you're buying something that settles on the New York Stock Exchange. So, so it's the other reason, you know, every, they, Bernie Sanders of the world talk about, Elizabeth Warren talk about why the wealthy pay the lowest, such low tax rates. You know, they say, well, you know, these guys are paying 15 or 20 percent taxes when their secretary is paying 25 percent. And it's because the, this is how most of these people get their – where they get their money – and the the tax the taxation of these accounts is at a much more Which I think rate is a, than I, ordinary income. I think is a great segue to one of the other primary advantages of this type of account is it offers near tax free compounding if you plan carefully. So, you know, if you're like us and you're using exchange traded funds that don't pay capital gains each year, uh, you're essentially going to have very minimal tax liability associated with this account, provided you're not realizing actively realizing big gains. So, of course, I max out my retirement uh, contributions every year uh, dutifully, but, you know, I can save more. Thankfully, I'm thankful enough that I, I can save more above that. And so I save way more in this kind of account that's a joint account for my wife and I than I do anywhere else. And like Josh said, you have 
full liquidity. I have access to this money at any time. In fact, I have a checkbook on my uh, taxable investment account. I, I don't have to wait till I'm 59 and a half. If a business opportunity comes up, I can use it for that. Uh, and again, remember, I'm paying capital gains rate taxes, which is a lower tax rate than my income tax rate. And I'm just paying it on the gain, not the total amount, like when you take money out of your IRA. So there's a ton of flexibility that go along in owning a taxable investment account. And then most importantly, and this is the big one, um, when, because we've been doing this so long, when you get to retirement, and let's say you have a, a client with a $2 million IRA and you have a client with a $2 million taxable account, the person with a $2 million taxable account is in much better shape because their tax liability to get at their money is so much less than the person taking money out of the IRA. So if you take money out of a traditional IRA, you're paying ordinary income tax on the whole amount. So if you take out 10000 bucks and you live in the state of Oregon, uh, most likely you're going to net about 7500 after taxes, seven or 7500 If you take the ten, same $10,000 out of a uh, taxable account, you can do some tax planning that your tax liability might be negligible at best. The reason we're such big proponents is because you're able to control where your marginal dollar, that next dollar comes from. And so when you have those big one-time expenses, uh, you don't need to be rating your IRA above your required minimum distribution to access that money. So it lowers your overall cost of capital, gives you that big amount of flexibility. And we see the psychological impact of a higher net after-tax distribution, and then that it leads to people actually wanting to spend their own money. We see this unnatural aversion to spending from a qualified account uh, because of the tax liability associated with distributions. The financial services industry, financial advisors, CPAs, want everybody to put as much money and have all their money in tax-deferred accounts. Uh, we're, we're just not as bigger proponents of that because when you get to retirement, like Josh said, the accessibility of these taxable investment accounts is so much better and you can control the taxes. So as long as you invest in tax-efficient investments, which is what you should be doing uh, in these kind of accounts, uh, you should be aggressively saving in a taxable investment account. All right, if you want to be part of the program, you have a question or comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. 